0: Welcome to Better Yet, the Better Trucks Podcast, fireside chats with innovators, visionaries, and leaders in last mile parcel deliveries. Episode 8 How is technology driving growth in the parcel shipping space? Today's guests, Steve Bergen of GLS and Andy Whiting of Better Trucks. Your host, Dan Patak. The parcel landscape today looks absolutely nothing like it did even 10 years ago. Now, There's a couple of different factors that have led to the the vast changes. Uh, One, certainly being Amazon itself. Two, the rise of multi-carrier shipping platforms that enable uh, the rise of regionals. And three, the rise of regional carriers themselves. I could be more excited about this episode of Better Yet. Uh, We have two uh, gentlemen on the forefront of the rise of Regional Carriers. Welcome to the show. We have Steve Bergen, president at GLS, or General Logistics Systems. And we have Andy Whiting, co-founder and CEO over at Better Trucks. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, thank you. Awesome. So we've got a lot of ground to cover today. Before we do, I'd like both of them to introduce themselves, please. Steve, we're gonna start with you.
1: Steve Bergen, president of GLS US. 22-year uh, veteran in the regional uh, carrier space, uh, everything from parcels to cartage, and uh, happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Steve.
2: Thanks. And I'm Andy from uh, CEO and co-founder of Better Trucks, uh Chicago-based last-mile carrier. Uh, don't have quite the experience that, mm-hmm. that Steve has, but uh, I'm trying to catch up every day. So, uh, excited to be here today to talk about Parcel uh, and the, everything that's changed in, in the New Age uh, post-COVID era. So thanks for having us.
0: Awesome. So we're going to start here. Um, it's not hyperbole when I say that you all work with some of the largest shippers, not only in the United States, but in the world. You work with some of the most advanced heads of transportation and logistics. So I want to start with this. Um, when you look at your organizations and even the evolution of, of your Uh, companies and the parcel landscape over the last decade, what are some of the biggest impacts you think each of your organizations have had on parcel as a whole? And Steve, I want to start with you for this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that our organizations have really come to an industry that was largely commoditized in a lot of ways, very, very boring, very bland. And we were able to bring something different to market. And and it really came through a combination of things but uh you know the savvier shippers out there realized there were better ways, uh, more efficient ways to get their shipping done um, and they also wanted to leverage technology which is probably the backbone of, of everything that we're doing and being able to use that technology in a way to be more predictive to track packages better you know those were all things that the commoditized uh duopoly really didn't do and still don't do very well today and and, they, and you don't really see a lot of interest from them and doing it. So that's really what gave rise to the regional the regional carriers and this multi-carrier uh, strategy that a lot of folks have today.
2: Yeah, so just being on the forefront of all that is great uh, as you know kind of inventory placement changes for customers, large shippers, the savvy shippers that Steve talked about that have the ability to leverage companies like us that have a, a really strong presence in their region. Uh, and then as those types of companies like GLS and Better Trucks look to partner together uh, to unlock even more shippers, uh, it's great. I mean, a lot of these guys, the big players have been doing this forever. You know, they've optimized their their networks uh, to leverage uh, kind of the, 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 uh, the regional players. Um, but you're seeing that more and more as uh, customers leverage uh, new fulfillment networks like ShipBob, uh, new software like Shipium, you know, things like that that these customers are doing to kind of optimize their network. They need to partner with um, carriers that are just as forward-looking and just as uh, technology-first in order to service their customers. And and like Steve said, you know, a lot of the the the, the big duopoly has just been sitting kind of fat and happy, not innovating and kind of ignoring these these changes in the industry. And we're happy to take advantage of that.
0: Awesome. I know we were talking a lot about technology, so let's spend a few minutes there. Um, you know, Steve, would you go as far to say that you feel like GLS is a technology company that does uh, parcel delivery? Is that too much of a stretch?
1: No, in fact, that's exactly the theme that we have in our internal meetings: is that we're we're really a, a tech company. It's all about digitization. Uh, you know how we're leapfrogging the the other folks in, in what we do, what we can bring to market. So that's a that's a the core of our focus when we sit down and look at our strategy is is where are we going from a technology perspective.
0: Yeah, I remember about ten years ago, Domino's was one of the first companies you know outside of tech, as they were a tech company first and a pizza delivery company second. But I think you continue to see that play out that when you take that mindset shift into the leadership meetings, into the ELT, that it's a completely different way to approach that industry, right?
1: Absolutely. It, it, uh, it came from really two, two angles, you know, from my, from my career coming up, um, as a regional player, the, uh, you know, we, we always wanted something that was different and that could bring extra value to the customer than just moving a box. So, you know, could we tell them where the box is? Can we tell them who the driver is? Could we, could we give them an ETA that's more accurate? Um, all those things, you know, can we attach an RFID tag? So these are all things that, that we look at and are constantly, Pushing, pushing things forward. Uh, we were one of the first companies back in the day, you know, like 12 years ago, to offer the visual POD, picture POD at, at site. You know, this was before, you know, we did it before Amazon did it. So and so really for us, it's being able to, to market and get in front of more customers to show them these capabilities that we have. And I think both us and and Better Trucks are doing that more and more effectively now. And, and as you're seeing that kind of curve happen, where more folks are are interested in those and see value in those technology prospects, that, that we're able to then, as Andy put it, un- unlock those customers and and bring that value and, and really start to uh, to show folks what we can do.
0: Now, it's one thing to kind of say we're a technology company, but you both know darn well, as you look at the P&L's, the organization, like It's not always easy. You have to make those investments to back it up. Andy, we've talked about this, and I've heard you say, we have a larger technology team than many organizations double and triple our our size. And so you are making those commitments and those investments to continue to invest in your technology. Talk to us about the mindset that you have to have to continue to to make the necessary investments to enable you to be a technology-first organization.
2: Yeah. I mean, it just, it comes from, you know, where you're really putting your capital inside your organization. So what are you investing in? And, and that's one of our largest line items, uh, you know, is the technology budget. Um, You know, as Steven said about, you know, kind of uh, being a tech company first that happens to do delivery um, you know, we, we make sure that we're focused on that. Uh, And by building all of our software in house uh, gives us much more uh, control over quality uh, and also allows us to do things much more nimbly, uh, and to make partnerships and build relationships faster with customers, and also with other carriers like Stephen and, and GLS. Uh, you know, if we both depended on you know, kind of third-party outside systems, uh, it would have been a disaster to try to like relay through something else. But our technology teams uh, kind of worked really hand in hand to build a, a, a seamless, uh, a, a seamless integration to allow our customers to both. Co-chair on you know each network, which has been very valuable. But again, without the kind of underlying technology investments in our business, uh, they would not have been able to do that. Uh, a lot of other carriers leverage uh, third parties, uh, kind of like out outsource all of their IT. Uh, and with with that kind of strategy, it's not it's not the way to win these days. Uh, the other thing I'll add is you know you've got large organizations like FedEx and UPS. Uh, the duopoly of FedEx has famously you know kind of invented the tracking number you know many years ago but as as Stephen mentioned about visual pods, you know FedEx just introduced that this year uh when uh companies like GLS have been doing it for a dozen years and Amazon has made it table stakes for everyone and you would think that a, a company that is te- as tech forward as FedEx um could do that but that is the innovator's dilemma that is the the challenge with these giant organizations that it's, you know, it's turning an aircraft carrier, uh, you know, and, and pivoting when, when a a company of our size can, you know, when there's a thing that's best for the customer, when it comes to technology, we implement fast uh, and iterate fast and, and, and similar to GLS.
0: Awesome. Um, Along these lines in in the last episode of better yet, we were talking about dynamic uh, pricing algorithmic pricing it's been uh kind of a component of other industries for quite some time now your airline tickets are going to fluctuate day to day i think uh, you know the ride sharing apps uber in particular introduced a whole new uh segment of the population to this idea of surge pricing um what role do both of you kind of think that dynamic or algorithmic pricing plays when we know so many carriers are still saying I just need the static rate card. I just need to do an apples to apples between you and you know one of the, the, the big carriers.
1: Yeah. I mean the dynamic pricing is, is really an inevitability. And again, driven by the technology that uh, your systems have in the background, or us as carriers, our, our systems have in the background. And that's definitely something we're we're working toward. Today we already have uh analysis that goes in and takes a look at where customers need capacity where their utilization is and for folks that can take advantage of underutilized capacity within our network we're already able to give more pinpoint custom pricing in those areas that offers better discounts to the shipper So we're already in that in that track. And we'll just continue to iterate off of that to do better and better, um, offer up more and more options to shippers on how they can take advantage of our network in a way that's mutually beneficial. So they get the best price, we have capacity that's available. And we can sell that capacity at a rate that's a win win. Uh, But but it's going to take it's still going to take some time to build it out. And then shippers at the end of the day have to have to be ready and adapt their operations. So it really comes down to is it you know, what's the total landed cost for them on when they ship you know do they give the volume earlier in the day so they can use a sortation that maybe isn't at a crunch time so so there's a ton of factors that go into it but that's exactly the conversation we're having with folks and then able to adjust the pricing there so uh yeah we're, we're excited to see that coming down the pipe
2: Yeah. And I'll I'll take that like one step further. We've built, um, a a dynamic pricing engine for our customers. Uh, not a lot of customers are even able to take advantage of it. Right. So like what Steven mentioned is, um, you know, there's the, the industry, you, you know, you're, you're trying to drag some of these players along the new innovative shippers are able to do so. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, we have the ability to. I think a great kind of use case or example between uh, GLS and Better Trucks, where we're seeing it is, um, you know, we have uh, a relationship where uh, multi-origin kind of shipments. So we have customers that are using multiple origin entry, and we're able to provide different pricing kind of based on different origins, which is not just a typical rate and zone and you know weight and zone type pricing. Uh, and that gives the, the customer uh, a lot of value, um, you know, typically a lower price for the customer uh, and theoretically provides more reliable service uh, with, you know, not over bursting with capacity for our uh, in our networks. Um, you know, so we've rolled out uh, dynamic pricing with a number of customers, the more sophisticated ones, uh, they can hit us every time from a rate shop perspective, they get back a different price. Uh, and it is truly a, um, you know, a dynamic situation based on our capacity in real time. Um, but, you know, I think it's it, the, the, the industry is, you know, kind of thinking about that. Some shippers are ta- able to take advantage of that. But uh, a lot of the, you know, as long as you can have a, a discussion, sit down with them, understand their needs. I mean, that's a great step to get them into
0: a, a truly dynamic world. Fabulous. Uh Andy, you alluded to it earlier, shifting tracks just a little bit. Uh, uh just both announced a partnership between uh GLS and Better Trucks. Would uh maybe Andy kick us off and tell us a little bit about uh the partnership and, and how it's going to benefit shippers?
2: Yeah, I mean, so first of all, I just want to say we're honored to partner with GLS, obviously a, a very reputable organization, uh co- huge coverage area on the West Coast, uh, you know, a long legacy of, of, of quality. Uh, a big, you know, kind of international organization as well. So we're super honored to be a part of that. Um, you know, and we think for our customers, it unlocks a lot of territory that we will not get to, uh, you know, anytime soon. Uh, it, it's a ways away, uh, it, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it, it unlocks a lot of territory for us uh, to provide more service coverage for our customers with a partner that's very reliable uh, and then vice versa, You know, our customers that are on the West Coast can get a lower rate by going through GLS because they can, uh, you know, leverage the scale that GLS has, bringing things eastbound into our network uh, and the same visibility, whether they're shipping on GLS uh, with a GLS label or Better Trucks label. uh, And it gives them just incredible. um, We just have a different scale now uh, than we would have kind of alone. Uh, and, and it's definitely a a one plus one is is greater than two. So we're, um, it's, I'm, I'm excited, um, and, but from a customer's perspective, uh, you know, it unlocks a lot of opportunity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mirroring everything Andy said the, uh, for us, the, you know, customers, customers are constantly asking, Hey, what, um, you know, what, what other opportunities do you have? Where are you going next? And in, (laughs) in working with better trucks, uh, in in working with Better Trucks, the the uh, they were on the same page as us. Very technology forward, very customer centric. And really strategically for us, it was, it's about being able to go in and take a bigger piece of the pie. Uh, those who've worked with the duopoly know that the pricing structure is always a volume-based discount and there's certain tiers and thresholds. And at the end of the day, to be really competitive, you got to bite off a little bigger piece of the, of the pie. So by partnering together, we've been able to do that. We can do a team approach. We've been able to bring different folks to market uh, for each other um, and access other regions. Uh, one use case recently, was we had a customer that really needed help in ohio uh just the the what they were doing there wasn't working and they were a big customer of ours so we were able to go to the better trucks team and say hey here here's the deal here's how it works they're already integrated we're already integrated let's just make this the flip of the switch and that's what we did we were able to onboard it in a matter of uh weeks like a week and a half so in that use case it it was it was incredible and they're getting incredible service today um it's gone very very well so those are more things that we we look to unlock and yeah we're we're proud to be partners with better trucks and look forward to, to continuing to grow this partnership uh east and west
0: fabulous I know we talk a lot about as an industry, when you, you move to a regional right away, you should be able to see 20, 40% kind of savings. And, and a big part of that is your footprint, both of your footprints and kind of keeping a lower overhead. Does this kind of partnership help you you know, enable and facilitate that and maintain that lower overhead while expanding kind of the reach of both your organizations?
1: yeah absolutely it does it does a couple things the you know from an overhead perspective it definitely helps you know what the term i like to use is local heroes you know the it's it's having people locally that are really invested in what's going on not just kind of a corporate center that's in yeah you know, i don't know tennessee and where they just don't touch the rest of the country and they don't really know what's going on you know with andy with myself and and with all the others we're we're all the local guys we understand what's going on and so we can be more nimble you know, the second part that, that keeps us more efficient is, is our sole focus on really ground parcel services. So we're not out there trying to be all things to all people all the time. We're, we're very focused. We've got a ground service that can offer a larger time and transit window at a better price. And, and those, those are the things that, that, that for us can keep us hyper efficient and meet our customer needs.
2: Yeah, I love that concept of local heroes. I mean, us, uh, you know, just looking at the West Coast, uh, it's a whole different animal, right? We've been, I've been in in Chicago for 25 years, uh, know the area very well, know the Midwest, know all the nuances of transportation, all the weird back halls, all the weird nuances everywhere. uh, And that, you know, we're not going to get that just by, you know, kind of hiring a local team in, in California. It's much better to partner with somebody that's been operating there for many years and and has that local knowledge. So I love that idea of local heroes. Uh, and it does unlock uh, better service for our customers on both ends. And then, you know, connecting them together is a, is a big component of that, that um, we're, we're happy to, happy to do that for many of them.
0: Awesome. Fabulous. Um, and, uh, can I, I'll
2: touch on one. Things, yeah, you know, absolutely. What, what uh, Steven said about kind of that example of the Ohio situation, you know, a customer, like most of the customers that we work with on both sides, are national shippers, right? So they're they they may have a single location they have a, a one distribution center and they're shipping nationally, or they have multiple distribution centers. Uh, and as you know, kind of our our companies independently are usually only able to work with the distribution centers local to their region. And what this has proven here is with the relationship that that Stephen was talking about, um, you know, the customer that has multiple distribution centers is and has already has a relationship with GLS is able to leverage using the same technical integration, the same process, the same reporting, the same claims process, the same everything. They're able to leverage multiple distribution centers and uh, achieve more of a, a national like service. Um, you know, either if they're competing with the, you know, allows us to compete with UPS or FedEx, also allows us to compete with some of the larger regionals like Lasership OnTrack uh, and, and puts us really in a, in a good spot. So that's, again, why we're super happy. And it goes both ways. Our customers that are traditionally Chicago-based retailers or Chicago or Midwest-based retailers, a lot of them have West Coast presence that, um, you know, we really haven't been able to help with, but now we can and we can have a solution. So we're, we're really proud of that.
0: Awesome. Fabulous. Um, as we tape this, we're kind of starting to get to the the finish line of final preparations for peak for a lot of shippers. Um, can you share a little bit about what the narrative is inside of both of your organizations as you start to make some final arrangements, uh, with shippers get things locked in ahead of the fall season and ahead of uh, peak shipping, Steve.
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's always, it's always the run up, but, uh, yeah, you know, we're we're getting the forecast, getting everything prepared. You know, we've had a we've had some good some good test days through the holidays this this summer and and in the in the spring uh, to get us get us warmed up. So so we're feeling ready. You know, one of the, again the unique things is we don't have any uh, black and white blackout dates or anything like that. We're here to help all the time, peak no peak, whatever. But uh, but the sooner you get in, the better. So to yeah, you know, if if you're a shipper and you're thinking about it, yeah, don't wait. Start, start the process now. Start getting pricing. We can start working things out. Uh, but yeah, I think we're, we're prepared. We've built, we've made some pretty amazing uh, investments in our overall capacity and our network, both from a line and a building sortation uh, standpoint. So we're ready this year. We're ready and welcome it and excited to show customers what we can do.
2: That's awesome. I think the other thing I'll add is, you know, we all kind of had a little bit of a false start with the preparation for the UPS strike here that, uh, you know, so that we've been doing a lot of contingency planning thus far this year. Uh, So, you know, thank goodness that didn't actually have to come to bear. but you know, this business is really you know peak and then preparation for peak. There's only kind of two seasons. Uh, and so I think that's what we do every year is kind of look and see what worked last year, um, you know, from a software perspective, operationally perspective, and and then start to implement improvements. and and you know, we've been doing the same uh, as Steven to prepare. and and uh, like like you said, you know no real hard cut off, but the sooner the better. And you know, getting ramped up and and getting that steady state volume before the peak is is very imperative. Um, But we're we're excited for it, and we we'll be ready.
0: Fabulous. Well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. We've covered a lot of ground. Uh, This is called better yet because we believe the best is yet to come in parcels. So I'm going to get you both out of here on this. We'll start with you, Steve. Um, When you think about either the the balance of this year or into next year, what excites you most? about the parcel industry
1: the uh, the most exciting part is more and more folks are are understanding the values that the value that regional carriers bring to market in the parcel industry. We're talking with shippers that, that never really dreamed of being in this space. And it's just a ton of fun from this, from this angle, getting to learn about new industries, new businesses, what their needs are, what they did historically and how they're trying to go into digitization and leverage technology and, and their eyes are opening really big. Th- those are the most exciting and th- those are definitely going to be happening for the next six months and the next year and the years to come.
2: Yeah, the growth rate kind of has not slowed down since COVID, right? Everyone kind of predicted it would slow down. Uh, It is still growing. The industry is growing. Uh, People are seeking alternatives. Uh, They will continue to do so. Um, You know, people generally uh, need the the multi-carrier movement to to win in in this economy, whether it's uh, redundancy, speed, flexibility. You know, there's many things that these different types of carriers can provide, uh, coverage area, uh, technology, uh, you know, again, all those different kind of components are important. And the more and more the, the retailers, uh, the shippers are recognizing that the names that we're getting to speak with are, uh, you know, household brand names, uh, that, that, you know, would have never, you would have never dreamed that would be, uh, you know, having to build this redundancy and, and, uh, now it's, it's just great. So we're excited about that. Um, the industry continues to grow Uh, the, the, you know, the technology investment into the industry continues to grow. uh, And we're, we're just super excited.
0: Awesome. Well, so very much appreciate both your times and your, your balance a lot, but this was a fantastic episode and uh, congratulations to you both on the partnership. I know it will be uh, a benefit to not only both your organizations, your shippers, but the industry as a whole. So I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Back
0: Thanks for listening to better yet the better trucks podcast.